Hello and welcome to Trek Companion. This is episode 137. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I am Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we're discussing Star Trek Enterprises. I'm still saying Star Trek. <laughs> I'm just enjoying it, you know. Uh, Star Trek Enterprises third season episodes, Proving Ground, Stratagem, and Harbinger. Here we go. Proving Ground, Season 3, Episode 13, Production Number 313, Original Air Date, January 21st, 2004, Directed by David Livingston, Written by Chris Black, Music Composed by John Frizzell, Guest Cast Include Molly Brink as Lieutenant Tallis, Randy Oglesby as Degra, Scott McDonald as Commander Dolan, Tucker Smallwood as Zindi Primate Counselor, Rick Worthy as Janar, Granville Van Dusen as Andorian General, Jeffrey Combs as Commander Shran, and Josh Drennan as Dacre's assistant. Despite losing most of its map data, Enterprise continues to transverse a series of spatial anomalies in the Delphic Expanse. When heavily damaged by a particular dangerous vortex, Enterprise is suddenly pulled clear by an Andorian ship. The ship's leader, Shran, claims he is only interested in helping Enterprise in its mission to subvert the Zindi weapon in the interest of forming a closer alliance with humanity. I neither like nor dislike Andorians. I've simply had a great deal of experience with them. I appreciate that. But whatever problems exist between Vulcan and Andoria don't involve us. Not at the moment. Steve, why don't you start us off on proving ground? Already, um, I look, I'm seeing in Skype. You're 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 blue. Oh, good. So I figured you'd probably like this one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, I think this is this is a fine episode. But it kind of, I mean, I remembered it and everything, but it didn't uh, doesn't really stick out to me or anything. Um, it struck me how the the opening with the last time because they. They have to like brief an individual who doesn't know a thing about the show, I guess, on all these topics. It just goes on and on and on for like it was yeah, it was so long. long. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, just, I, mean, I was wondering, is that because they just stepped away from the Zindi storyline for too long? I don't know, but it was so right. much. Was there yeah. a big break in between between the last show and this one, and like when they were airing him? Was that could that be it? Or I guess, but honestly, it felt more like filler to me because there was a lot of it. You, it, you didn't need that to follow yeah. this episode, right? Right. right. Anyway, I'm sorry. to continue. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, on the most part, I didn't feel like this episode really um, did anything that we hadn't already seen. It felt almost like an excuse to get the Andorians in. And of course, it's cool to see Jeffrey Combs and all of that playing Shran. Um, I don't like it fine, this episode, but um, I don't think it really advanced things that much. And it wasn't all that impressive to me. All right, next. yeah that's kind of how i felt think i felt about it um and you know it's probably the weakest of the three we're discussing today but it wasn't bad you know it was it was fine um so that's an improvement it feels like we've had some you know less than fine episodes recently Mm -hmm. um but i did find myself feeling a bit like it just needed a little bit more um it didn't yeah it didn't bring much to any of the stories it didn't bring much to anybody's character um very little happens in it um that 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 scene with archer when he's on the bridge of the andorian vessel which i think that's the first time it felt like that that's the first time we've seen an andorian bridge maybe yeah, or at least so. been yeah. in it you know i don't know yeah 
I mean, I didn't actually care for it that much. It was a little plain, but, but you know, it's always fun to see something like that for the first time. Um, that, that scene when Archer's on that bridge and, you know, Shran reveals that he's just going to take the weapon or whatever. So Shran's like, I'm actually taking the weapon. And then Archer punches him and Shran gets mad. That was, that was kind of the whole episode just in hmm. one scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought, felt like, um, like if you just saw that scene, then you would know you you, you would have seen the episode and you'd been all right. Um, but you know, it wasn't it wasn't bad. Um, I like some of uh, Reed had a lot to do in in a couple of the episodes we're talking about today, but I like the bits between him and that Andorian female. Um, maybe a little on the nose, but. Uh, um, she was good. He was good. I like that stuff. Uh, Adam, what are some of your first thoughts here? Um, I probably kind of feel the same way. The episode, I don't get me wrong, I was entertained. It's always fun to see Jeffrey Combs and his characters. So, I mean, um, it's entertaining to me. I, I would watch this episode again. But it's fairly predictable. I didn't, even for, if you've never seen this, you know that, um, you know, the trans going to double cross him and you know they're going to get the way. So there's nothing, there's no surprises in this episode. You already know the, the dynamic between Shran, Archer, and T'Pol. You know, T'Pol's going to, you know, warn Archer, you know, and the, they don't trust each other and it's pretty much set up that way. I kind of forget how their relationship evolves in season four. It'll be interesting to see that when we get to it. Um, I guess it's kind of cool that they got the weapon and they, we, I guess to me, a little bit of the, um, the overarching storyline advanced a little bit with the weapon stuff, you know, they managed to get it and, you know, get all these blueprints, but that's kind of very little, um, movement in the actual story arc of this season. Um, yeah. Um, I didn't, um, I kind of feel bad. Um, Mayweather, you know, we haven't really seen that much in the season. Yeah. I felt like we saw him a little bit more in this. And it's this almost episode, like takes but... you out of the, the show when when he's there and he has a line. You're like, oh, God, <laughs> oh, yeah, there's Mayweather. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of weird, you know. Uh, he he kind of addressed that a little bit, and maybe it was this one of the season two extras, or maybe if it was season three, it would have been on the first disc. I don't know. There was one of the more more recent interviews, kind of where he kind of addressed that, and I thought it was pretty big of him. You know, he said something like. Um, Oh, how did he put it? Something, you know, kind of like he was saying that that bothered him a little bit briefly, but then he realized, you know, I'm just going to be grateful that I'm on this thing at all and, 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 you know, enjoy it and, and try not to let that I mean, bother me. And honestly, me. we haven't seen Hoshi that much. I mean, she did have that one episode a few weeks the back. The crappy one. Yes. Um, but we haven't really seen Hoshi a lot either. Yeah. And it's not like Mayweather did anything in this episode. He was just flying the ship. He's just doing his job. There was no character development. But I just kind of noticed. I just noticed him a little bit more in this episode than usual. Yeah. You notice how the Zindi can't like say two words to each other without yelling or being angry. <laughs> I mean, you wonder like when they interact in normal circumstances, which we see very little of, you know, in, in this whole thing. But like, just if they go to, I don't know, their equivalent of a fast food restaurant and order a burger or something. From each other, you just imagine it's just kind of like, not enough special sauce or something. You know, it's a, <laughs> no, he's angry and yelling at each other. I think other. it's the opposite. I, I envision like, <laughs> 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 I, I envision, I don't know, I envision their Congress or something, and 
and it's it's the two different they got like the Republican Democratic equivalents and everything, and they're like super thoughtful and always trying to work with the other guy, <laughs> very kind. <laughs> that's that, that's my image. <laughs> it's like the polar opposite to humanity. Yeah. What you're saying? It's just it's just this the council. That's the only. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm thinking politics a lot lately. Um. <laughs> Yeah, like kind of in the scheme of in the scheme of Andorian episodes, it feels like this is one of the first ones that you could probably skip it and it wouldn't affect how you think of Archer and Tran in, at, at all, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I mean, I know we're going to have a big thing in the, in the fourth season, um, but it doesn't seem doesn't seem very consequential. I was also a little bit bothered at the beginning, only in that... I mean, this is a very picky kind of comment, but I was kind of thinking it felt a little bit like um, of a stretch to get to get Shran, Jeff Combs, you know, to get him into the Expanse. I mean, think about how yeah. long Enterprise has been going into the Expanse, deeper and deeper and deeper, and then all of a sudden... Oh, here's some folks from, uh, you know, mm-hmm. from outside the expanse. And they just, they, I don't understand, you know, oh, you're just a lot faster. Yeah, or they fixed that in one line, Brian. Come on. <laughs> you, or you've been following me this, I mean, the season is like, what, almost three quarters over. You've actually been following us this whole six months, nine months, ten, whatever it is, months we've been here. You've been here all that time just looking for us, actually just looking for the weapon. But either way, it, it, it felt a little bit like a, um, like we were diluting this or taking some of the power away from this idea that they are so deep into the expanse and they're so far away from everybody and everything they know, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of hurt, hurt that a little bit for me. Um, but yeah, then I remembered that it was a TV show. But they can, <laughs> anything they want, um, you know? Uh, so yeah. Um, what's this episode about? The weapon. It was about the weapon, Brian. You know, I, I like the weapon. The, the scene Shran kind of tells Trip the story about was it his brother? Yeah, it was his older brother. You know, killed during one of the border skirmishes with the Vulcans. Mm-hmm. You know, it had it had its moments. Um, I agree that it was predictable and that takes a lot out. But but a scene like that, you know, I mean, that was that was nice. And, and mm-hmm. if you're gonna, you know, in somebody else's hands, maybe it would have been throwaway. But you know, Jeff Combs. You know, he can deliver that stuff and it can have some meaning but you know so I'm not I'm not trying to gloss over this episode um, but uh, so it's about the weapon that's what it's about I mean I mean you know maybe you could say there's kind of this um, there's this fine line in certain types of relationships especially in these political kind of alliances of sorts where you 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 have a uh, trust, but you can't be you know you can't be just be blind going into it. You know there it's in the in the case of like what Archer and the crew are doing that's so crucial to humanity. You can't especially in that situation. You can't just go through and just oh we're buddies with this group so we can just trust that everything's cool with that. You know it, it's that it's that nature of alliances, especially of this type, where you really can't you can't just totally 
turn on your trust and be blind about that thing. I mean, and I think this is, illustrates that a little bit. Maybe, maybe about that kind of thing. I don't know. I don't. I mean, you can also. I mean, the you see that these two actually, Strand and Archer, they do respect each other, or maybe not like each other at this point. But you know, Strand, you can clearly see that he didn't like having to do what he did. Um, whereas, say, maybe in the first or second scene of the season, if they did this, he wouldn't have had any any issue with it. But since the long history, this the relationship kind of coalesces more. And then, obviously, we see Reed become close to another Andorian. Did we ever see her? His first officer. So, I mean, and she kind of seems kind of guilty about doing what she's doing as well so yeah and you have a little bit of the complexities of politics with and we've seen this kind of thing before where obviously shran would prefer to take another route but he orders to do certain things and so it's it's you know balancing along that line of you know doing doing what you should for your your duty your duty versus doing what you feel is the right thing and you know there's a lot of different little things there it probably would have been better if they would have focused on one one of those things like we so often say but yeah 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 if it had if it had had a little bit less plot type stuff you know and tried to do a little more character or made it made shran participate more you know mm -hmm. really it was just i mean as far as going against his orders or something i don't know but I mean, he really doesn't. I guess he sends this covert message at the end with the sends them the scans of the weapon or something that they did earlier. But you know, he's 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 heard these terrible stories about Trip losing his sister. He tells Trip this story about how he lost his brother, and so he understands wanting to get Even. revenge or stop these people or whatever. And still, he you know. He puts up a little bit of a fuss, but when the Andorian general says, no, no, steal the weapon, he's like, all right, you know, that sucks, but okay. I think mm -hmm. we shouldn't, but okay. You know, um, so I think maybe those are the kinds of reasons why uh, the episode is just fine and not it, good because it doesn't. It's really held back and, a little bit. Yeah, it doesn't really try to do anything with these characters. And, you know, maybe if it had focused on one thing, like, you, like you're saying, uh, you know, if it had. They'd spent more time like having him wrestle with this decision, for example. Um, yeah, you know, the, 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 the maybe, the, maybe, maybe a little less cat and mouse because that little cat and mouse because we all knew that something was going on, so maybe just a little less of that yeah. because it's kind of obvious. Well, the, the thing it was making me think about was gosh, if, if there's a lot of things Star Trek is well known for, but. I think one of the things Star Trek is known for so well that it's known even for people that aren't Star Trek fans are are what these different alien species are all about. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows the Vulcans are the the ones that don't show their emotions. You know, the Klingons are the warrior race. Um Maybe this isn't quite as well known, but if you're a Star Trek fan, you know the the Fringi or the Commerce guys. Um, you know, we, we, et cetera, you know. Um, but watching this episode, I was kind of thinking, what are the Andorians? Mm -hmm. You know, what, what is the thing with them? Uh, they're blue. Yes. <laughs> but other than their color, um, 
you know, what really defines them as a species? And I don't know. It's not that, it's certainly not as simple as saying they're the ones that don't show their emotions. You know, it's nothing like that. You, you know, you're stretching a little bit, but they're militaristic, they're secretive. Um, you know, there's those kinds of things, but, you know, they're kind of missing that. And when I see episodes like this uh, that use them, feature them, but without without really exploring their characters, mm-hmm. uh, it, it feels a little bit like a wasted opportunity. Yeah. You know? I see what you're saying there, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so this episode is fine. I agree. I, I would not skip it if I was watching season three. Let's do six degrees for proving ground. Uh, Adam, are you going first or second? Um, I'll go first. Granville Van Dusen plays the Andorian general, Shran's commanding officer that really wants a new toy that can destroy a planet. In Enterprise's second season, in the episode Judgment, he played the Klingon magistrate that sentences Archer to what penal colony? Um, Ruth P- Pintora? What? Oh. oh, you're so close. Um, I want to come out of my mouth. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh, I want to come. Um, the tip of your tongue thing. Um, oh, goodness. <laughs> I just have it, Steve. I can't get it out of my mouth. What I said first won't leave my head. Go ahead. Uh, Rura Pinte? All right, Steve. You know, when you, you know when you say something? Yeah, I just I couldn't stop saying Ruby the yeah. Torrent. Like it wouldn't. <laughs> wouldn't <go up. laughs> yeah. uh, Jeff Combs plays Shran, everybody's favorite blue guy. Will we see Shran again in season three? It's a yes or no question, so Adam will not get this. Oh gosh. Um, no. You are incorrect. We actually see him in the last episode of season three. Okay. All right, Steve has one. Moving on. Stratagem, Season 3, Episode 14, Production Number 314. Original air date, February 4th, 2004. Directed by Mike Viger, story by Terry Metalis, teleplay by Michael Sussman, music composed by Jay Chataway. Guest cast include Randy Oglesby as Degra, Josh Drennan as Thalen, and Douglas Bierman as Degra's assistant. <laughs> Three years into the future, with Captain Archer and Degra, the scientists behind the Zindi Weapon Project, they are aboard a shuttlecraft escaping from an insectoid prison camp. Degra, however, cannot remember his time as Archer's cellmate and friend and remains suspicious despite having a prison tattoo and longing gray hair. Archer convinces him that this is due to the bloodworms in his systems used because they excrete a drug truth and removes the worms from Degra's arms. I don't understand how a Zindi and a human could put aside their differences so quickly. (laughs) Trust me, it didn't happen overnight. You gave me this the first day we were locked up together. The guards thought it would be entertaining to put us in the same cell. Adam, why don't you start us on stratagem? Um, you know, I did not remember this episode... So it was kind of entertaining. Well, at first. it's because they use this thing on your brain. Mm. <laughs> yeah, the blood worms. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, the first 10 minutes was kind of interesting. I'm like, oh, this can't, you know, I, I figured it out eventually. I, it kind of came to mind. But that was like the first five, 10 minutes. I'm like, 
I don't really remember this episode, but I did don't remember. Yeah, it, it just never seemed real to me. I guess maybe that's part of the episode as well. Um, it's um, it's interesting. We get to see this. Um, we've seen this in Enterprise a couple times before, where they um, they start an episode and they go they go back and show you how they got to this point. Um, um, this is pretty commonplace in television today, but um, I don't. I was thinking about this, and you guys can tell me if I'm wrong or not. I don't recall this approach being used too often in other series, where you know you start an episode and then you go three days before. This is what actually happens. So yeah, just, you're right. We've seen it a couple of times in Enterprise, but uh, I don't really recall it much in the other series. Um, like I said, I think that was kind of new at the time. Now it's pretty much commonplace. You see that in all on ep- all series um, today. Um, like I said, I thought it was an interesting way. You know, this was a to me it was a unique, unique way to put these two together. Um, it was clever. You know, they catch him. You know, and they have to you know do this whole rouge to kind of trick him into giving up information. So I, I kind of found that to be clever, something I haven't seen in um in Star Trek before. So um, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I was thinking whenever they had the the three days earlier bit. I wasn't even sure if you really needed it, you know? I kind of thought that too. Yeah, and even if you did, you didn't need three-quarters of what they showed. But you probably didn't need it at all. I mean, he comes out. It's kind of a cool moment, 15, 16 Mm -hmm. minutes in. He's like, Mm -hmm. open up. She opens up, and he walks out. And I mean, a couple of lines of dialogue there would have covered all that other stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. They were new to this. They were new to this stuff. Well, starting, you know, in media, starting in... The story is in the middle of the story is a, is a good thing, but it, you know I'm just I'm just saying I don't know that you needed the flash. No, I would I would I would agree. Um, what were some of your first thoughts, Steve? Yeah, I I always like this episode. Um, I I you know as we talked, I didn't think they necessarily needed to describe how they did it so much. Now, what would they fill that with? I'm not I'm not sure. They if they you know they would have to obviously have a lot more in-depth um, discussions between them, maybe some more uh, character revelations for Degra or something. But overall, I like, I like what they did and, and, and how they handled it. It's, it's, it's something different. It's interesting. And we do learn something from it. And, uh, you know, there's the, the extra ruse at the end, you know, so it's kind of, you know, two layers, kind of an inception style or whatever you want to say it. But, uh, so yeah, I think I think overall it's it's in, it's interesting, it's something <laughs> different. I just had this van <laughs> driving off a bridge in super slow motion, and like Archer's in there, and Dagra's in there, <laughs> and uh, line all over the place, and Trip and Reed. <laughs> Everybody's in their uniform. I don't know. That's funny. Who spins the top at the end? Come on now, who's, who's spinning the top? Um, yeah, you know what? I think it keeps this one going for me. It's uh, Oglesby and uh, Baculus performances. Mm-hmm. They're pretty good, and they're pretty good together. Um, you ask what they could have filled it with. I think because they were so pretty darn good together, you could have filled it with, yeah, definitely filled it with more of that. Yeah. I almost would have liked to have seen... <laughs> I mean, Archer is essentially saying... Um, I'm like the last human, <laughs> almost. You know, uh-huh. um, I you could have, I would have liked to have seen uh, Degra 
you know, understand that better, them spend more time with those facts, and yeah. maybe he even shows a little bit of remorse or something mm-hmm. about it, you know, and, and tries to explain why they felt they had to do it. I don't know. That a little bit more of the why from the Zindi might have been Well they kind of they kind of boxed themselves in with that because they didn't um, they didn't give Archer any information to kind of you because you know he's basically trying to pull all this stuff out of Degra you know basically all, all, the only prep that he had going in there about Degra was his 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 daughters his family and a little <laughs> bit of information so I kind of found you know I I was I was thinking about that too I mean how would they have more in depth conversations when the Rouge is, they've known each other for three years, so obviously Archer should know a whole lot about this guy at this point. And so mm-hmm. it kind of limited, to me, that kind of limited this this episode, or at least the time in the, the shuttlecraft, those kind of discussions, because how would you, how would he draw that out of him if he doesn't know anything about him? You know what I'm saying? It's so, I, I, I don't know how else they could have done that. Um, it just... I well, that could have been that could have added to the drama. There could have been a ticking clock. Is like you know, the longer we're here, the more we talk, the more he's gonna, the higher the the chance that he is going to, Say you something. know, figure this out. Um, that's kind of what happened. But really, what happened was he see you know they had just a physical thing happen where there was a storm or whatever outside, right? And then yeah. uh, that yeah. caused the screen to go screwy, and that's when he started to question it. You know, if it had been more of a psychological thing, yeah, you could have drawn a let out. But you know, I'm not. I'm not saying it had to do that. I'm just. I'm saying that just that's one thing I thought when I was watching it, especially after I felt like there was five or ten minutes that you didn't really need to be didn't really need to be in the episode of the, the flashback stuff. Right. But I mean, I think with you guys, you know, I like this episode. And Adam, did you not remember because maybe you never saw it? Because um, I like Steve. I, I definitely remembered this one. I remembered it. I remember liking it. Somehow I, I can always remember Degra with that long hair flopping around. <laughs> <clears throat> well, I remember they had, you know, I specifically remember them having, by the end of the season, I know they have some sort of relationship, him and Archer. I just didn't remember how they got there. This is probably obviously one of the, the episodes that starts that. Um, like I said, I've only, like I said, I only saw these once when they, when they first aired. So it's possible I saw this episode, just don't remember it or didn't see it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this was back. This was back in the Denton days, Brian. So someday, sometimes you get you get something recorded. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes yeah. you miss it. So, hmm. but no, I did not remember the episode. Yeah, and it also, I mean, it it has you have the drama of them learning a critical piece of information and so on. But there's there, it's not so consequential for you know for the zindi because they get their brains wiped and they move along it's 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 so it's it's kind of okay i don't know how else you do it but it would have been interesting to explore that again use that time up to develop some kind of relationship make the whole memory wipe thing a little bit more hazy maybe you know like is it for sure they forgets all of it um maybe they establish more of some kind of relationship of some sort you know i don't know but um that might have been more interesting to have a question the one other funny thing it made me think about was, you know, they come outside. He, Archer comes outside that little the shuttle craft, and you know you see the hydraulics shaking it around. You've got little little plasma screens in front of the flat panels, you know, in front of the windows. And I just kind of thought, hey, they're showing us how they make Star Trek episodes. <laughs> <laughs> how far we've come in 150 years, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what happens when you don't have a holodeck. 
Yep. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Um, what's this episode about? Archer long hair. <laughs> Hippie Archer. Hippie Archer. He did look cool. I mean, it was a pretty obvious wig, but I thought he looked well, cool. Well, it's a, in a lot of ways, it's kind of coming face to face with your enemy. I mean, Archer, it's, it's you. <laughs> yeah, the, the wig Archer. <laughs> oh, no, I thought you meant the actual wig was his enemy. <laughs> <laughs> it could it could have been. Like, who's that guy but with the wig? Who's that wig? <laughs> who's the wig man? Who's that hair? <laughs> Well, I, I messed you up, didn't I? <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> you want to know what, Brian, do you really want to know what this episode's about? I it's really about. want to know. Because um, you see, I mean, what was I saying before? What? Facing their enemy, you know, they yep. got to see their enemy. You know, he, you know, Archer had to sit there and listen. Yeah, I'm the one who, you know, designed yeah. the weapon. And um, you kind of come face to face with that. It's not just um, a, a mindless, you know, a, you know, a monster. It's got a face to it. Um and he's a guy with kids and a wife and you know yeah regrets and all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. and i think i think kind of like what we talked about already i think it's what this kind of this issue is kind of what keeps this episode for me just a great great episode and and just a oh this is a good entertaining episode and it's is because there's not enough of some kind of bond or some kind of understanding created between them. I mean, you have Dagra, his memory's wiped, so that's irrelevant. Archer, you don't really get the vibe that he gives a rip. You know, I mean, it's like yeah. using this guy for information. You never really feel that there's a there's a real connection or something like, oh my God, he's got kids. And I mean, you know, you learn these facts, but it doesn't seem to matter much to him. And so it's kind of, I mean, if anything, you're just you just learn that well, he's willing to do just about anything to accomplish this mission. You know, he, he would play this game indefinitely if he had to or use people however he wanted to um but i don't know you know what i mean i don't i don't think that it's well no i don't agree i would agree with there steve because they, they even say that in the episode they you know he was gonna rewipe his memory and start yeah. over when um, he figured it out but they didn't obviously they have the built-in clock with the other zindi showing up um so they have to go with that other ruse at at the end so I think I mean as as we already discussed, their performances are great. Their the 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 whole the plot is interesting. Doing this as as a device is interesting because it's rarely done. But I think all those things kind of hide the fact maybe that there's not a lot of meat here in a way. Yeah, emotional meat. Yeah. We get plot. We get plot points. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Not a, there's not a lot of emotion to this episode where it, there could have been a lot more. Yeah, I mean, you could. Yeah, you could have had. Um, you could. You could have made it more explicit. That, you know, I don't know. What if? What if? I don't know. I'm just throwing out ideas. Uh, wiping his memory a second time could could be fatal or hurt him somehow mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe the doctor's like, he. We know he's got kids. You know, whatever you can. And then Archer could have been like, I don't care if it kills him. You know, I mean, he could have yeah. been. Um, it, if you can't go the direction of him showing empathy because he thinks of this guy as the architect of seven million murders, murders, uh, then go the other direction. You know, give mm-hmm. him give him somewhere to go. Make make him, um, you know, enraged and and say it doesn't matter. You know, there is no. Uh, uh, I have no empathy. He killed people. He mm-hmm. killed a lot of people. So, so yeah, I like this episode. I like it more than the previous one we talked about today. Um, but I think the next one is going to be 
the ones that I like the most of the day, and not for the A line, but more for like all just the regular old character stuff, which we're going to get to in just a second. But first, six degrees for stratagem. Um, Adam, you went first last time. Steve? Yep. Randy Oglesby plays Degra, long-haired Archer's new best buddy. Which DS9 crew member did he attempt to kill as Salarin Prin in DS9's fifth season episode, The Darkness and the Light? Mm. Um, is that uh, Kira? You are correct, it was Kira. Uh, Adam? In how many episodes will Oglesby play Degra? Seven, ten, or thirteen? I'm going to say ten. You are correct. It was ten. Uh, Adam has one, and Steve has two. Moving on. Harbinger, season three, episode fifteen, production number three fifteen. Original air date February eleventh, two thousand four. Directed by David Livingston. Story by Rick Berman and Brandon Braga. Teleplay by Manny Cotto. Music composed by Velton Ray Bunch. Guest cast include Noah Tishby as Amanda Cole, Thomas Copacci as the alien, and Stephen Culp as Major Hayes. Investigating a convergent region of spatial anomalies created within the center of five spheres, the crew discovers an alien probe containing a dying alien. The pod is retrieved and the alien is taken to sickbay, but Dr. Flox can do little to keep him alive. Commander Tucker begins spending time with Amanda Cole, a Mako, and Subcommander T'Pol begins to exhibit signs of suppressed jealousy. Meanwhile, Major Hayes sets up a weapons training session which simmers the tension between him and Lieutenant Reed. I don't know why I was sent here. I find that hard to believe. It's the truth. I was a prisoner. Because of my transgressions, I've spent my entire adult life inside a cell. One day, the guards offered me freedom if I would participate in an experiment. Harbinger. Uh, wasn't there a DS9 video game called Harbinger? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it was good too. I remember. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Boy, I bet it doesn't play today. <laughs> um Yeah, so here we have uh, you know, starts off with Trip doing neuropressure stuff on yet another attractive woman. Um I, I did think because uh, and then she kisses him and then she walks out. I, I consciously thought Gene Roddenberry would be so disappointed mm-hmm. that a kiss <laughs> didn't turn into an all nighter, you know? <laughs> Are you making Star Trek or some other show? Come on. <laughs> but, you know, this is supposed to be before the time of Kirk and Spock, so mm. I guess. I guess that we've not evolved at all in that way in 150 years. But um, there's a lot of stuff in this episode that I really enjoy. Like the first for a while until they bring up the A story, you know, just there's the, all the Reed and Hayes stuff and – and um yeah, uh, Trip and uh, Mako girl, but then there's uh, Phlox and T'Pol and lots of T'Pol uh, Trip stuff, lots of Reed and Hayes stuff. You know, Reed and Hayes work out their differences. Trip and T'Pol work out the differences. I kind of like their method better. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there's all that stuff I really like. And I'm not saying I just like the A, the A story. Um, 
I'm just saying, you know, we're in the middle of the expanse. And as I've, our li- frequent listeners will recall that I always talk about, you know, I'm a trekker, not so much a trekkie. You know, I enjoy this, this feeling of this is a real ship and a real universe and they really live here and this is their daily life. And I like those, those moments. And it seems like whenever that happens, I bring it up that I like that. And it seems like I was doing that more often with the other shows. Um, I mean, maybe DS nine does it more than almost anybody. Um, but uh, we definitely saw that in next gen and there's just been less of that on enterprise and even less than usual um, being in the expanse and the Zindi arc and all that stuff. Um, so I was, I was definitely enjoying that. And then it goes into the A story and I kind of just wanted to get back to the, just the simple character stuff. Um, but the A story is cool. You know, this idea of, of experiencing the ship builders. Um, but that, you know, if, if, if this scene boils, if this episode boils down to one thing, I mean, I think anybody that watches this episode is the scene, uh, where Trip and T'Pol <laughs> get it on, basically, but the entire dialogue scene, right? That that scene is probably the standout thing in the episode. It's certainly the th- it affects the show more than anything else. You know, it's the thing you're going to remember probably years later, but definitely, you know, in the context of the show. Um, but we. Um, but that's not our A story. You know, that's not our A story. Our A story is this this mystery dude who sticks his hand in the warp core. <laughs> um, well, that, that I mean, that scene was 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 written well. It was performed well. You know, it's kind of it's kind of cute the way they they each say the same lines. Uh, you know, you're jealous. Your voice is tensing up. Whatever. I mean, that that's that's fun stuff. And it's. Um, you know, Jolene is is very good, and playing a Vulcan showing jealousy is, I'm sure, not easy to do, and she does it well. Um, I was thinking a little bit about, I don't know, I'm not saying this 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 dates the show at all because I'm not even sure they would do it differently today. But you know, um, like T'Pol is doing some of the pressure stuff on the Mako girl and it's not like there's any attraction there but they're showing us that stuff and it, it felt a little bit like they were doing it just to be titillating mm-hmm. like you know like a, like sexually titillating to see these this one girl touched in the other and then I thought maybe I'm maybe I'm being unfair because I mean the, the obvious response is would they do this scene with two guys and I thought well, maybe they would but then the very very next scene Right. teases trip about it and of course you know i'm like oh okay nope i was right what i was thinking before that wasn't there to be titillating and they would not do it with two guys and that's so true that they make a joke about it um so that i don't know that it doesn't date it in the sense that i'm not entirely sure that they would they wouldn't do it today but i do think that they would be more conscious of it. I, I do think that maybe they just wouldn't do it at all rather than, I don't, I don't know. Do you guys follow me on this? Does that, does that seem like, like in, in, on a modern show would, I don't know. Well, if they did it today, um, Hayes and Reed might hook up. All that tension. 
Yeah, instead of instead of fighting it out. Yeah. <laughs> well, they might have a fight, and you know. Well, you know, yeah, Star Trek isn't exactly. When Star Trek started, it was known for being the. You know, the show that really pushed the envelope. We think about the original series and the first interracial kiss, blah blah blah. You know, there was lots of stuff like that. But by the time you get into modern Star Trek. You know, one of our listeners wrote in, and and he was right. I think I think it was Data, yeah, Data Logan. He he had written in about you know in Chosen Realm from our last podcast. They do talk a little bit about abortion, if you remember that. They don't use that word, of course, but uh, the one that was like the religious dudes. And right. remember the one woman goes to see flocks because um, of her baby, you know. And there's a discussion the possibility of abortion or whatever. Um, he was right to point out that maybe we neglected it by not bringing that up. But in that episode, it is tertiary. You know, it's not something they focus on. But at least my point is, it's definitely true that, say, Star Trek goes out of its way to not be, you know, be risky or risque. And, you know, mm-hmm. bringing up well, abortion I mean, is, was, was, they weren't there for very long, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and certainly when it comes to, say, um gay characters uh they've not kept up with a lot of other shows and um a scene like a scene like that it just where it just kind of feels like you know it's all it's all guys making the show and hey i am <laughs> i do think jolene's very attractive uh i'm not going to complain but um Okay, well, you know what it is here. Here you go again. Uh, that was another scene where I was like, "Well, I hope my wife doesn't walk in." On <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's she gonna think about Star Trek? You know, um, if that same scene cut away to <laughs> cut away to Trip doing neuropressure on Reed, okay, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Look, uh, I'm not trying to offend anybody or anything. You know, I'm just I'm just talking about. Um, I, I was very conscious of this while I was watching this episode, and I was, I was trying to figure out: is this because the show is dated, you know, or is this still maybe where Star Trek is? Um, I don't know. I, I guess I fear that it's. If it was the first one, oh, fine, sure, you know. But I fear it's more like the latter, and I think that that's probably how Hollywood is in general, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but you know I did like it when she took off her robe mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, you know. what's not like what's um, not like yeah at least they didn't do like a who's that guy <laughs> she could have, could have cut behind her she takes off her robe and it looks like a totally different <laughs> woman <laughs> Which is kind of what happened with the Reed and Hayes fight. Every time there was an overhead shot, you're like, oh, my God, who are those people? Yeah, yeah. Who's that guy? I don't know. Didn't look anything like them. I don't know. Maybe you didn't notice in standard def letterboxd on a 4 by 3 TV 10 years ago. But certainly in high def, it's clear as day. Who's that guy? I mean, it's, it's like original series level of who's that guy to me. I don't know. Um, did you guys have any of these same thoughts? Am I... Am I being too critical here? 
No, I, I get what you're saying. I just guess I didn't dwell on it much. Well, I'm kind of used to it by this time. I mean, you know, they they they've used um, DePaul a lot. You know, I mean, you know, it's Star Trek. I mean, you know, it's it's got a history of that. I mean, there's these these scenes, but I don't, I don't think it bothered me that much, just because it's kind of part of Star. You know, do you think part of? Put, do you think they would they would put a gay character in the new series? We'll find I was out. Thinking about it. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I think I think, you think I think they, they would, would, and I think they will. Be honest with you. Yeah, I was thinking that maybe they would just do something they could do, you know, maybe not necessarily explicitly gay, but not explicitly straight. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. One of the two, they definitely will. Something, something ambiguous or um, bi or gay. Yeah, it goes both ways. Mm. Yeah. Sure. But yeah, I think in this episode, I mean, I like this episode too, and I like it. I do like it more for character stuff than the primary. Although, the, the you know, this is a very uh, critical episode, really, in this season in, in a number of ways, for character-wise and for you know we you know the makers and what's going on with the spheres and creating this space. I mean, so there's a lot going on here, but I don't know. I don't know if that it's too much. I'm. I just think that it's hard to. It's hard to find a focus. You know, they hadn't quite mastered the way to handle these kinds of things in a, in a series where you you progress a, a plot storyline but you also have character development and you, and you also somehow make them related and feel like you're not just talking about two things at once because i think that's what this episode feels like is that you got yeah it's, it's stuff weird over you, here, you go from stuff over here you go from it. a scene where where trip and to paul kiss really for the first time you cut from that to freaky alien in yeah, sick bay, and and you know, you know? And, and well, and then you then you have these moral, you know, Archer and um, you know, telling him to wake this guy up even though he's dying, you know. So he, he he's going to the there's kind of these two two extremes on one side where you're like, wow, this, he's kind of pushing the envelope here. Flox is uncomfortable with doing what he's doing, so um, so it's kind of yeah, there's kind of a weird. Um, yeah, I I I just always kind of wonder like when I'm watching something like this like. Uh, that scene tripping to Paul. The, the the writing is good. The dialogue is good. There's a lot of subtext and um, it's it's good and it's uh, captivating. And I'm like, I, I would have loved a whole episode of character stuff. It's just a whole episode of character stuff. And I always kind of wonder. I, I have no doubt that we're going to basically get stuff like that in a new Star Trek show. I think any modern show is going to it's going to do those two things. It's going to be character, 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 and it's going to be very serialized storytelling. Um, that's what modern shows are. And, I, I, you know, as I record this, it's 2016, and that's what I'm talking about. But I, I, as I watch this episode, and, and I'm thinking about whatever it was, 2003, um, 2004, did they not know how to do it? Were they... Would they have been too afraid to try it? You know. Um, yeah, I think. Or you know, I, yeah. Or would did they think that nobody wanted that? Did they think we can't we can't spend a whole episode on talky character stuff? Our ratings will suffer. You know. Yeah, it's hard to say. It's probably both to some extent or another. But I think I think it's the equivalent of any. Um, I mean, it, you know, it's it's where art and business meet. But I think in any um, in any media their notions develop. And I, I think, you know, to, to, to be fair to them, I think we just weren't quite to a place yet. I mean, at least most writers, I, I doubt, I doubt it 
was that it was that it was that um, it didn't really occur to them probably that you know what this is cool we're covering all these things and no one said wait a minute we've got to connect these in some way that they they share a tone and a point to each other to make this really good. I mean, I, I, I question that they ever went there, or maybe their schedule was just too busy to try to hone it in that much. I don't know, mm. but, you know, I, 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 I kind of suspect it just wasn't, it didn't occur to anybody, you know, to take it to that next level. Hmm. With something like this, specifically, not like, not, I'm not getting excuses for writing, but something like to say, we've got to connect in with in tone this a story this b story the c story and make everything feel like it coalesces and it's not it's not okay just to progress these independently or whatever well you, you know, know and the and b and this go ahead well i was gonna say i mean you know i think we would all agree that the the b c stories in this were were more interesting than the a story and it's not because the a story wasn't important and it doesn't push the series forward but there's not a whole lot there i, I think i was telling you before the episode started that I don't know. I didn't quite get what they were trying to do with this alien. They found, I didn't, you know, it didn't wasn't all really all that clear because there's there's really not that whole lot. I mean, it, it seemed kind of weird that they pulled him out of there. They get him in the ship. He's dying. Archer's like, you got to keep him alive so I can interrogate him. I didn't. I don't know. To me, I just didn't get all that. It just didn't make a lot of sense to me um, how they pushed that story forward. Well, the the fact that the B and C stories, and you know, we're talking Trip to Paul and Reed Hayes, the B and C stories uh, were similar. Mm -hmm. uh, they were similar, so they almost made the A story stick out that much more because mm, right, you had right. two thirds of the episode, uh, you know, thematically coherent, um, and then you had this A A line that was fine, but just. You know, made to me there was a things. lot lacking, and to me there was a lot. To me, the A story felt more like the B story. There was a lot lack. I mean, it wasn't a bad storyline, but it just seemed like this is a, an important part of the series, and there didn't seem to be a whole lot there. Yeah, well, there's a question. Like, what if what if what we're talking about is the B and C? What if those were clearly A and B, mm -hmm. and the A was clearly a C? I'm not sure exactly how you do that. I guess you give it way less screen time and way less. You know, you just make it more clear that these other yeah. things are more important. Yeah. That maybe could have fixed the whole thing right there. Because mm -hmm. otherwise, you would have to do, you'd have to beef up the A story in a way that I'm not sure you'd want to take more time away from the B and C. Because you'd have to, you'd have to create some kind of that vibe with that story. And I, I don't know how else you do it besides like having a bit of a tete-a-tete uh, -tete with Archer and Flocks regarding the patient or something to make it feel like that that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like an adversarial back and forth and oh, what are we doing and coming together we need to resolve this at the end but I don't know there's time to do that for three yeah. stories like that. Yeah. You know we don't get a lot out of that alien until the very end, very very end before he disappears. Yeah. So yeah, When the Zindi destroy Earth my people will prevail yeah. or be victorious or something. Huh. Hmm. So, I like this episode. I do. It's the most I've enjoyed an episode of Enterprise in at least a couple podcasts or a few podcasts, it feels like. I was getting starting to feel kind of down. <laughs> uh, but this was good. I, I like this episode a lot. Um, um, what's it about? Jealousy and rage. 
Well, I mean, yeah, I guess a lot of it could be about jealousy. I mean, you know, Reed is actually kind of jealous of um, Hayes and his knowledge and his authority. Um, it's kind of coming to terms so, with your limitations. So if and- Archer had brought Trip and Paul into his office there and said, hey, sell it, you know. <laughs> well, that would have been a whole different. This would have been a whole different episode, Brian. <laughs> They're also bruised up and battered. <laughs> Wasn't there a scene with um in DS Nine between Worf and Jadzir where where yes. Cisco had to bring him in and be like, "Hey, guys, come on." <laughs> I interrupted your uh, what it's about. I'm not, go ahead, um, Steve. I think. Oh, well, I think it, we're, we're back to this notion of how do you resolve what it's about when we're trying to resolve what all all three of these things are doing. It, yeah, if you if you assume that the A story is almost like the, you know, ironically, like the superfluous plot, you know, the thing that we're trying to get through in the season and call the meat of it the character stuff, then yeah, it's kind of the. Um, on the jealousy and the dark side of humanity and um, that how to resolve that often it may or may not be something that's just a, a logical discussion kind of approach, you know, in, in some way, shape or form, you know, sometimes you just have to, you have to work it out. You know, and you sometimes know, you just a, have to, sometimes you just got to kiss them. Yeah. Yep. Or punch them, you know, and intense emotions can bring people together and that's kind of clear, you know, Reed and Hayes, you know, they, duke it out and they fight each other but it kind of it brings them closer together brings them a closer respect and then you know obviously Trip and T'Pol going through their little bit of jealousy they kind of realize it's time to step up take it to the next level hey Steve you're still playing these you're still watching all these with your spouse yes is she enjoying this did she like these episodes today yeah I mean as you know, as I kind of figured, she would dig the whole uh, drama with Tripp and Paul, And, you know, it's interesting because I, I didn't want to give anything away and I didn't give anything away. But it's kind of like, um, you know how the, you know, on the, on the Blu-rays, on the menu, they give away, they kiss. But it turns out that kiss was yeah. Sim was and the Sim, yeah. yeah. And so leading all the way up to that episode, it's kind of like, oh, they gave away that they start some relationship. And then when it got to that episode, it's kind of like, oh, it was just a fake, <laughs> you know, so it's kind of a fake out or whatever, right? And then we get here and it's like, oh, is this real? Yeah, this is really happening, you know, and all this. So that kind of drama appealed to yeah. her. But yeah, she, yeah she, it was so. When the rumor got out that they were killing Spock in Star Trek Two, so they kill him, yeah, fake way, Obiashi Maru, right at the beginning of the movie, and then all the audience is like, "Oh, that oh. Was a rumor." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do six degrees for Harbinger. Steve has two. Adam has one. Um, Adam. Yes. Thomas Kopachi plays the freaky alien test subject slash sphere builder, maybe. In DS9's fifth and sixth season, uh, in Ties of Blood and Water and Wrongs, Darker Than Death or Night, he played a primary crew member's deceased father in flashback sequences. What was his surname? What was his surname? Um... Um, the family name, you know, Norice. Is that Kira Norice's father? Is that what you're asking? That's my guess. 
Yes. Okay. So Kira Norris, what's her? So what? So it's, what's it's Norris. What's your name? What's your family name? Um, Kira, right? Kira. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. Kira. Kira. Norris. I mean, that was her last name, but that was like normal. It's people. flipped. Yeah, it's flipped and. Yeah. And, uh, so Kira, Kira is the correct answer. Yes, yeah. uh, it's tied up. Let's see if Steve can take it for the day. It's a title question. <laughs> Steve, uh, he also played a train engineer on the holodeck as the Enterprise D was having a baby near the end of the seventh season. Name that episode. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I remember it. Um, gosh. Somehow I always found. I told you I only asked title episodes when I. They seem memorable to me. Somehow, this title, I always remembered it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, we're going to tie if you don't get it, Steve, because I, I tried to forget that. <laughs> everybody, everybody gets a medal. <laughs> uh, it's just not coming to me, no. Nothing, Adam? No. Emergence. Oh, yes. Emergence. All right, so you guys tied for the day. That's not bad. All right. <sighs> yes, uh, folks, I uh, I just planned out our whole summer and everything i'm very excited you know we're going to be doing obviously enterprise season four as we finish season three um make a couple of slight adjustments so that we can uh keep all the two and three parters together but i mean we'll still be going in order it's just that we'll have a couple of podcasts that we only talk about two instead of three uh and um we're, we're definitely planning to talk you know a, a week after star trek beyond comes out we'll have a podcast talking about that and then uh, we will be, you know, on the 50th anniversary, we'll be uh, starting the original series. So excited about that. It was nice to see it for the first time, like putting it on the calendar. I'm like, oh, yeah, look at that. It, it really works. It's great. I'm yeah, I got to pick I up the, the, the new Blu-rays of that. And I'll be looking forward to the – I haven't seen the the new – I'm going to watch it with the new graphics and stuff like that. Effects. Yeah, it's been about yeah. – it's been about uh, – the last time I watched the series was in like 04, 05. So it'll be um, – It'll be cool to see it with the new graphics and stuff. I mean, I've watched like all my favorite episodes on the Blu-rays, but I haven't just watched the series start to finish. God, since. Jeez, have I done this? I, I'm uh, This is so long ago. That can't be right. But off the top of my head, I'm thinking, what was that? Remember the G4 when they did the thing where you could you read comments on the side? and Remember this? Oh, yeah, yeah. That was like over 15 years ago. God, surely I've watched it start to finish since then. Surely, well, I did well, watch it with the Blu-rays when they came out. So I, yeah, I, it hasn't been. I definitely long. didn't. In fact, I I just checked the other day my season three Blu-rays. I never even opened it. Mm-hmm. But I watched I watched some of my favorites from one and two. So, but I'm mostly excited. I think I've mentioned I'm going to try because my my son turns five. God, we started this pod. <laughs> we started mm-hmm. this podcast when he was <laughs> is in the womb. Mm-hmm. Uh, my son turns five a couple months before. Um, we'll be doing the original series. He turns five this summer. So. Um, I'm thinking the original series might might he might think it's fun, uh, so I'll definitely do the newer effects. I mean, it you know it still has the same feel. It's not like they made the Enterprise fly by really fast or something. Right, it just looks cleaner. So that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping he gets into it, and then I'm going to watch it with him. <laughs> is it is it four by three or did they were they able to widescreen it? No, it's four by three. Which is funny because I know that there was some version where any time they had a completely CG thing, like say Enterprise in space. They actually did render it out at sixteen by nine because I have one. I had I had I saw one version where it would flip from four by three to sixteen by nine for certain effect shots. But mm-hmm. I don't, that's not what the Blu-rays are. I don't yeah, think. I don't think. 
even if you watch the extra the new effects i don't think they do that yeah i don't believe so no yeah uh so anyway that's just some housekeeping but uh, we're excited about that um and uh, i think i mentioned i am going to go to the creation star trek show in vegas in august so if any of our listeners are going to be there let me know please seriously do uh send me an email trekcompanion at gmail.com um i'm also going to go well this is our next podcast but i'm you heard about that star trek the tour where they're playing music and clips from the movies and stuff yeah i've heard about that yeah yeah, yeah. I, they have one here in chicago but i'm gonna be out of town for it well i'm going to the, there's one in la on april 1st i'm gonna go to that so uh yeah, the one in Chicago is this. So, if anybody hears it, there's one in Chicago this Saturday night at the Chicago Theater. So. Oh, okay. cool! But I'll be out of town, so I was kind of pissed. Off. Oh, well. Hope so. Hopefully, that's cool. I guess uh, won't be our, for our, our next podcast, but by the, the one after that, I'll be able to talk about it. So, uh, yeah, it's a, send me an email if you're going to be. Uh, hell, heck, if you're going to be at that, send me an email. But uh, definitely, if you're going to be. Um, in Vegas in August, send us an email. Um, you can also follow us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash trekcompanion. Our Twitter handle is at trekcompanion. And again, our email is trekcompanion at gmail.com. So uh, we definitely went over today. Thanks for uh, hanging with us, audience folks. And uh, until next time, take it easy. Bye, guys. See ya. I passed it.